You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. I've got to uh, read a text that Zach sent me last night. Just This was really great, the family that was just up here. I wasn't able to read this in the first service. Because they were still here. I told the parents I was going to read it. Good morning. I wanted uh, to share that Navy is very excited that our family is lighting the candle of peace tomorrow. However, I must also share that she was under the impression that we were filling in for you while you take the day off. (laughs) She told me she had lots to say. (laughs) Rest assured, we plan to be brief and look forward to the word you have to share. Have a great Saturday. See you tomorrow. That was so great. Now, actually, this happens to a lot of people who are participating in the service. You know, they think that they're going to have the whole time. Uh, Just kidding. Um, Peace. When you hear the word peace, what comes to your mind? If you are four years old or 14 years old, there's a good chance that you have heard one or both of your parents saying, I just want a little bit of peace and quiet around here. Is that too much to ask? When you think about it, you could get along with your brother or your sister a little bit better. But where's the fun in that, right? Just for the record, we agree with your parents. We, we want peace and quiet in your home. Especially in our home, but in your home too. Or perhaps you may think about world peace. Especially if you were in a pageant of some sort 20 to 30 years ago. Maybe there's a bully at school. You just want to live peacefully with all people. But there's someone who just keeps entering your space and disturbing your peace. Or on a personal and spiritual level, maybe you're plagued by mistakes that you made or sins that you committed. Maybe even years ago and all you want It's just peace in your heart instead of this guilt that serves as your constant companion. If we're going to think about peace in the Bible, well, the place we're going to go is where we've already been a couple of times this morning. It would be Luke 2, as in peace on earth, goodwill toward men. See, even the Bible wants peace among nations. But then what are we going to do with peace? Jesus' words in Matthew 10, Do not think I come to bring peace to the earth. I have come not to bring peace, but a sword. A person's enemies will be those of his own household. What are we going to do with that? Or Matthew 24, where Jesus said, There will be wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. So in other words, until the end of time, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. The first part of the answer involves Luke 2.14, which is not best translated as we often hear it as peace on earth and goodwill toward men, as in goodwill toward all men and women, boys and girls. And by the way, it's not just a translation issue. There are textual variants from the manuscript. So there's a lot to that. That's Save that for another day or another life even perhaps. But the better reading is what we have in the ESV which is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
or even more specifically in the NIV, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Or those who have been saved by God's grace. Although God's plan was in place before time began, it was announced in splendor on the night that the angels sang. We'll return to Luke 2 at the very end of the message, but our primary text this morning is Psalm 85, where God gave a preview of his plan uh, consistent with his character and his wisdom. As we read Psalm 85, allow your knowledge of the gospel and your spiritual imagination to mix with the glorious news that the Savior has come to bring peace, eternal peace to his people. As we read, just think about those things. So Psalm 85, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Salah. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Would you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? What a great prayer for our day. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, and be seated. Where are we going to find peace? Is peace something we strive for? Or is it something that we work up in our heart and mind? Or is it a gift? A gift from God? Now, if you're 10 years old and you're having an argument with your brother, chances are you think, I'm right. He's the idiot. He always is, right? You're thinking something like that. If there's going to be peace in the house, though, you are going to have to get over some of your frustration and anger. You're just going to have to let some of it go going to have to work at forgiveness now. And if you've done something to displease your parents, thank God, even if they're upset and they punish you or discipline you, thank God that you live in a home where they're not going to hold that against you, where they're going to love you anyway, in spite of your disobedience. But what about a relationship with God? Did you know 
that you need peace with God? Did you know that he is upset with you? Most of us think the default position is God is good with us as long as we don't mess up too badly, as long as we don't commit the big sins. I mean, it's not like when you talk to people about sin, they say, it's not like I'm a murderer or something. It's not like I've done this, this, or this. But according to Scripture, all sin is an offense against the Lord. And if you want peace in your family, you're going to have to work at it. But if you want peace with God, there's nothing you can do about it. He's going to have to do something about it. Psalm 85 was likely written after the Babylonian captivity. And some of the people had come back to the land. They had, they'd been up here in Babylon and now they've, they've come back to the land. And they're thanking God for his forgiveness. They realized their sins. They confessed their sins. And they were thanking God for his forgiveness and for bringing them back into the land. But they recognized that not all was still well with the Lord. There were things that were just constantly getting in the, in the way of their relation with him. In verse 8, the psalmist says, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. Think of how important that is. Let me hear the latest thing this person said or that person said. No, let me hear what God. The Lord, Elohim, Yahweh, will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. The voice of the prophet begins to speak about the goodness and character of God and how peace can exist between a holy creator and sinful creatures. Peace. Or shalom is a state of wholeness, of completeness, well-being, security to individuals and to entire communities. So how do we find peace? By following our, our dreams or looking inside our hearts? No, not according to scripture. Peace is a gift from God. Now, this is a big deal. He speaks peace to his people. We know that when God speaks, he creates. He spoke the world into existence. And so when he speaks peace to his people, they have peace. They are given peace. The promised peace of Psalm 85 is the security of relationship between the creator and his people. Are all created beings his people? In a technical sense, you could say that all human beings are children of God. They were, they were created by God and they are his children in one sense of the word. But only those whose sins are forgiven belong to the category of those upon whom his favor rests. They are the only ones in his family and called his people. Any peace that we discover apart from Jesus is temporary, misplaced, self-focused, and ultimately a false peace, a false sense of security. And I, I should know because I, I, I pursued that peace a lot. 
Why then do so many people seek satisfaction apart from God? Maybe you never thought about it this way, but our prosperity and our freedom that we have enjoyed for so long in our land have helped us to avoid want and need in our personal lives. And when there's an absence of challenges and crises, well, a lot of people begin to question their need for God. Why do I need God? I can fix everything. And I, I don't have to feel guilty all the time. I can do this. I can do that. Truly, we can fix a lot of problems. This is especially so with the young among us. The hypocrisy of believers in earlier generations, a shocking lack of knowledge of history of all generations, not just the young, and an equally shocking failure to grasp the complexity and depth of the simple gospel have left many turning inward to find peace. And when you do that, the culture applauds. Look inside. Be true to yourself. Be who you were meant to be. Looking inside to discover who we truly are is likely to bring a tremendous sense of relief when we admit what we perceive to be the truth about ourselves for a time. But if it, the biggest need that we have is not peace with ourselves, but peace with God, then that kind of peace is unsustainable. The people who first heard Psalm 85 knew that they had sinned against the holy God and they were thankful for his gracious forgiveness. God spoke peace to his people, but then he warned them not to return to their folly. Aren't you glad that God won't let us live any way that we want to live? To whom much is given, much is required. Now, look, if you're still living at home with your parents, you may think that their rules are unfair, they're unnecessarily harsh, but there will come a day when you will say, I am so glad that my dad did not let me go to the places that I wanted to go or hang out with the people I wanted to or to speak disrespectfully to others. And I'm so glad my mom did not allow me to dress any way that I wanted to. Mothers, you think that day will never come, but it will. Trust me, it will come for most. The truth is, we can never know God's peace until we first recognize who we are apart from Him and what He says about our sins and the way that He sees those sins. Furthermore, we can't do anything about those sins that will bring peace. And we have to acknowledge that. We, we have to recognize it's not going to be up to us. Look, at school or at work, there's somebody that is on your last nerve that drives you almost out of your mind. Even that person, you can find a way to get along with them. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to smile. I'm not going to react. I'm going to, I can find a way. But with God... We can't do anything about our relationship with a holy God except believe his promises about forgiveness through Jesus. If you promise to do better before the Lord, how many bargains? Anybody here ever made a bargain with the Lord? If you'll just 
God, if you'll just give me what I want, then I promise you I will do this, this, and this. Or even if you'll help, if you'll, God, if you'll help me get over this sickness. It's been a long time since I have thrown up. I just, oh man, have I hated that. I, I can't tell you how many bargains I made with the Lord, but I was oh Lord, oh, fighting it, you know, just trying not to throw up. We make bargains with the Lord all the time. Maybe we're not asking for him to deliver us from like throwing up or whatever, but we're just, we're just saying, Lord, I know I'm in trouble and I promise I'll do better. I've been really a bad person. I'll do better. I'll, I'll give more money to people who are in need. I'll help people. And we may feel better about ourselves, especially if our actions match our promises. But we can't do anything about the stain of sin on our soul. There's nothing we can do to clean it. Blessed truth, though. He loved us to the point that he sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place. As the spotless offering for our sins. So that when we repent and believe. Peace between God and us. Becomes a permanent eternal condition. God's holiness and character and love for you. Meet at the cross in the beautiful plan and redemption that was foreseen and celebrated in Bethlehem on that first Christmas day when Jesus was born. In verses 10, to, 10 and 11 of, of Psalm 85, we're given a, just a, a, a preview of God's character, not a preview of his character, a, a view into his character and his plan. He loves us and made a way to be at peace with us. Verses 10 and 11. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Think about it. Not only righteousness, ultimate righteousness, holiness, complete righteousness. I have to say ultimate righteousness because we don't think about what righteousness really means. God in his holiness and peace with sinful Men and women kiss. That's really not a usual pairing. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. All attributes listed in these two uh, verses belong to God and they come from every angle. The faithfulness is not our faithfulness springing up. It's his faithfulness. It's God's love and faithfulness and kindness and righteousness and the peace that he speaks to his people coming from every angle. How can it be that a righteous God can dwell comfortably with those who, is, who are sinful? How is it in his wisdom and love that it's been made possible for righteousness and peace to kiss. Jesus. It's all. All. 
Jesus. And through Jesus, we can be sure that God will keep his promises. You ever had somebody not keep his or her promise? Yeah, of course, we all have. Have you ever not kept your promise? Of course. Sometimes because circumstances change, but sometimes just you just fail to keep your promise. God always keeps his promises, and Jesus is proof. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. This past week, I read Bert Wallace's favorite book of the Bible, Amos. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sad Bert's not here. Today. He, they're out of town. And <clears throat> I remember one day I was asking, what's your favorite book of the Bible? And on the count of three, I want everybody to give your favorite book of the Bible. And so I said, one, two, three. And I hear John, Genesis, Psalms. And Bert, who always sits close to the front, said, Amos. And I'm like, what? Amos? Well, I think... Reading the book of Amos this week, I got a glimpse. I mean, I've read it many, many times before. But I got, I got a glimpse of what Bert sees in this minor prophet. I, I wouldn't classify, nobody would classify, in fact, Amos as a feel-good read. It's not. But it is all so powerful. And if you have an ESV study Bible, let me encourage you, let me plead with you, read the introduction to the book of Amos sometimes this week. It, it feels, though, a little too relevant for comfort in our day. Because as John Oswald writes in, in, his, in the introduction to this book, he says this, The first vision in Amos 7, 1 through 9, shows that if God's justice is to prevail, judgment cannot be averted. You know by now that I think it's an interpretation error, a, 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 a hermeneutical mistake to apply words that are written for God's people to, to humankind as a whole, especially to apply words that are written to the nation of Israel to the nation of America or any other uh, modern nation. But even so, there are too many patterns and principles found in Scripture and in history to ignore the danger of our current position as a nation. And if judgment is coming, we're told in Scripture, it will begin at the household of God. When both a holy God and sinful people exist, judgment is necessary. If there's going to be peace. Has to happen. Either the judgment. Will fall on us. Or it will fall on Jesus. When Romans 3 says that God put forward Jesus. As a propitiation for our sins. Through his blood. It means that the judgment fell on Jesus. Instead of us. Propitiation is a satisfaction. Or, or an absolute Elimination of God's wrath on us. Jesus took it. The wrath that was a righteous wrath. And not, not angry like we get angry. But a righteous wrath against sin. When we believe, we learn that God is both just or consistent with his character. And the justifier of who believes. Romans 
326 is the New Testament explanation of what Psalm 85 means, that righteousness and peace kiss each other. Tonight or very soon, many of you are going to see that production that David talked about. Some in our midst are going to be in Nashville tomorrow night watching Behold the Lamb of God. And if you've not yet registered to view this wonderful production at home, please go to our website and sign up to see this demonstration of God's love for us through Jesus. Jesus' death for our sins was always God's plan. He didn't have to scramble after Adam's sin, Eve's sin in the garden. It was always his plan for us. No wonder the angels sang on the night that Jesus was born. As we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table, let us remember how God prepared to meet us through Jesus at the cross. Luke 2, verses 1 to 14. Not the first time you've heard this this season, nor will it be the last. In those days, it just happened to be that a decree went, no, just simply, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, and the lineage of Christ is traced through Joseph. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, all the people, not just Jews, but Gentiles, everybody. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hallelujah. God is always for his people. Always. Peace be upon you who believe. Let's pray. Our Father, our hearts are comforted and encouraged this morning from your word. 
Because you have spoken peace to us through Jesus. As we come to the table, may our hearts continue to be filled with peace. May we be grateful for the sacrifice made on our part, convicted of our sins and anticipating the Lord's return with great joy. Thank you for the peace that we have, not only with Jesus, but with one another. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.